Welcome to the Pod Buffet, your selection of five-minute tasters by podcasters from around the world. And this is the Saturday Digest. Perfect for that late breakfast or early brunch. Enjoy. In a way, this urban legend, as most do, really reflects the ugliness of society back at us, and perhaps this is why this narrative is so persistent. It digs into our fear, and we realize how terrifying it is to fall prey to the stories we tell ourselves. This vengeful spirit is trapped on earth, full of spite and hatred, not just of others who might judge her, but really of herself. It's that self-hatred that keeps the Kuchisake Ona roaming through Japan, carrying her scissors like a ball and chain, until she might be able to overcome that hatred of what she's become. This is so especially tragic, as it was really the person that mutilated her face that's at fault here. And let's be clear that we should always be putting the fault on the shoulders of the perpetrator and the system that created that perpetrator, rather than the victim. So I'd like to talk today about narratives the stories that we tell ourselves, and how these stories are often our own ball and chains that cause us to not be our best selves. I'll be very specific in that often we have a lot of internal narratives that are driven from painful moments of our past, and I want to separate the narratives that I'm talking about from real traumatic incidents that should be worked on with a licensed therapist. I'm not going to give examples of what I would consider to be quote-unquote real traumatic incidents, as we're all coming from different lived experiences. And if I were to give an example of something I might consider painful, but not generally traumatic, I know there's someone on earth who that same incident would have deeply scarred. The best thing I can do is talk about a narrative that I fell trapped to when I was recently doing some administrative work regarding uh, registration confirmations for an online workshop that I was co-facilitating. So as I was going back and forth between registration and Zoom, and our CRM, or Customer Relationship Manager, I realized that two people had unregistered since I had last updated the list a few days ago. This workshop is all about trust. And while we do have some people flake out the day of, most people who know that they're not going to make it email us ahead of time or let us know they're rescheduling. Our target demographic of people we run these for is often ambitious individuals who are sincere about leveling up. So we don't often get a whole lot of unexcused no-shows. So when someone just cancels registration all of a sudden, it stands out to me, and at the time, I kind of felt myself getting really offended. What the hell? I'm doing these workshops to help you, and you can't even just let me know you're canceling your registration? Did we do something in our recent marketing that turned them off? Oh god, they must not think I'm qualified enough to help them out. All sorts of stories rushed through my head. And I was feeling a bit down by this, especially since this particular workshop had one of the highest sign-up counts so far. And then I realized that these two people hadn't canceled at all. I merely missed the fact that since we had so many sign-ups, there's a second page for registrations that I didn't click on yet. And immediately, 
I felt like an ass making assumptions and judgments about these people who had literally done nothing wrong and actually were only supporting me, my business partner, and her work. This really makes me think of a story that Seth Godin tells about Pema Chodron, an American Buddhist monk. The story goes that she was at a meditation center and trying to meditate, only to have some guy next to her keep making like a clicking sound with his mouth. It was incredibly distracting, and as she was about to get up and ask the man to stop, she opened her eyes and realized that it was an old radiator in the building that was making the clicking sound. Once she realized it was just a radiator that was making the sound, and not this other participant, she was able to meditate in peace. Just as I jumped to conclusions about my two wonderful workshop participants, Pema's assumptions about the origins of the noise that was actually bugging her was what was actually causing her the discomfort. It's so much less about the actual stimulus, but actually the stories we tell ourselves about them that causes us pain. By acting as if anything that annoys or disturbs you is a radiator, something unchanging and not done in a malicious attempt to annoy you or others, we can radically reframe how we look at things and ease that frustration, annoyance, or anxiety. Going back to my own frustration with the workshop participants who I mistakenly thought had canceled, let's imagine that they did just cancel their registration, as others have. It's a part of business to have people unsubscribe to your mailing list or cancel their subscription or service. How many workshops had I decided weren't worth my time? Hi, I'm Heather Morrison. On each show, guests share stories from their lives in theater, film, and TV. So grab your tights and tap shoes and meet the geeks in the green room. What was it like working with Kelly Bishop, who was in the original chorus line? What? What? In, in the flesh. Okay, she's yeah, yeah. In Gilmore she's Girls. great. Um, she's a real human, and that's like my highest compliment because we actually oh, talked about yeah. um, her husband and her marriage, and and just really hung out because we sat together at our end of the table. So in between takes, she and I would visit. But the day before, when we were doing the scene where we're all out in her garden, we did have time in a quasi green room, um, sitting on the director's chairs outside of the set. And um, this is so, I'm actually not embarrassed. I actually think this is awesome. But people who are Kelly Bishop fans, I think, are horrified by this. I knew her as grandma on Gilmore Girls. I was not clued in that Kelly Bishop is Sheila. I didn't know who this broad was. Sheila. That's what it was, um, not Peggy. Okay. Yeah, I didn't yes. know who this broad was that did Gilmore Girls. Because I just, I, when Gilmore Girls was on, I didn't follow it. I just, I, yeah, I don't, again, don't know where I was, but that, I, it wasn't my jam. Uh, and so we're sitting around and I had asked her some question, um, just getting to know her and she had spoken of growing up in Colorado. And so I had that information. And then, um, the other ladies, someone must've said something about dance. And she goes, well, I used to be, uh, or I used to study ballet and 
I've been in Coruscant three times. That material really like soaks into your DNA. It just does. Like uh, all the yes. tunes, all the stories, all the words. So uh, I, my body put together <laughs> Colorado ballet, and I went. Oh, I go buy any. I because why, why would you put? Why would you put together Colorado with ballet um, and when she's, I must have known the Colorado piece from uh, from the At the Ballet story. I must have known. Oh, it's she's her, it's, an it's original, so that's her story. Well, oh, see, I knew she was an original. I have the album when my mom gave it to me still. Yeah. Liner notes. But I didn't realize it was her story, even though I know it came how, about. I know right. how the the show came together. Yeah, the show came about, but I didn't. Well, realize thank it was you. Her You're just story. now making me feel better okay. because I I was yes. going all of a sudden. I went, wait, were you in Corsine? She goes, yeah. And one of the other ladies goes, Carrie, <laughs> yeah, of course. And I was like, get out of my moment here, like back off. Yeah, like, I get that. We you yeah. all know Kelly Bishop and how fabulous she is. I'm getting to discuss cover this right now like this is awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I put it put it together myself and I was so pleased and then to to go oh my gosh your story that's amazing you were part of that Michael Bennett workshop and yeah it was it was really cool so not only is she a, a great lady um you just people like that, you're like, I'm so glad you had your success. And thanks for sharing that story with the world. Cause course signs, just theater, yeah, theater history. But beyond that, it's bones. It's yeah. Lore. You know, it's part of anybody who's come from theater. I just feel like it's somehow a part of your story. It, if it isn't, I just it's can't so imagine true. how it At different be. times, different characters are you. It's really true. Yeah. I mean, that was me. I danced around my living room. I mean, literally, who didn't? If you were dancing or into musical theater, That's you right. danced around your living room. I did until somebody came home and then I would dance around <laughs> my bedroom. It wasn't I didn't public. do it for anybody. It was not public, <laughs> not for public consumption. It was for my, my inner audience stardom. So cool. Welcome to The Cat Lady, the show where people opine about felines. I'm Lana, the Cat Lady, and each episode I invite a person I think is awesome to react about cats. Cat lover, cat hater, or cat agnostic, you'll hear what makes them tick. But this series is more than cute animal stories or old grudges. It was a year-long project from September 2019 to September 2020. And despite the drastic changes during that time, cats stayed the same. We're all concerned with relating, coexisting with other species, and just plain being alive on Earth. Even people who hate cats think about this stuff. The open secret of the show is that I have never owned a cat or a pet of any kind. Animals have played a peripheral role in my life at best, to the point that a few friends just cannot get over the fact that I produced a show about cats. But cats seem to get people going, and I just got curious. What is it about these animals? 
I did have one brief, meaningful connection with a cat. Huckleberry Wadsworth III. He was everything you think he was. And it's with that slightly accidental point of reference that I go about trying to figure out why cats make us tick. During the course of the series, I'm learning how to relate to members of my own species that take stances I do not always share. I'm starting to see the point. And although I still don't have a cat, I'm a whole lot more amazed by the living things around me. And I hope you are, too. Welcome to The Cat Lady. Thanks for being here, and hope to see you again soon. Pod Buffet, the eclectic mix of podcasts from around the world. Brought to you Monday, Wednesday and Friday, with a digest on Saturday morning. Just in time for a late breakfast or early brunch. Enjoy.